You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, next... Welcome to Black Hollywood Live Next. I'm your host, Michelle Renee, filling in for your normal hosts here on this panel. Tonight, I am joined with a talented actress, NAACP award-winning film, television, and film actress, Miss Erica Ash. Hi. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm really good, good. Really good. I'm pumped. I'm super pumped. We had our... Um, premiere party last night for Survivor's Remorse, and it was just so amazing, so I'm pumped. All right. Well, speaking of Survivor's Remorse, excuse me, we can jump right into the interview with that and talk a little bit about that project that you're working on. So that's a new show, executive produced by LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Yes, NBA basketball star LeBron James. Uh, He's getting his hands in film, uh, excuse me, TV production as well, and you're a part of the cast. So tell us a bit about that show. It's really exciting. The storyline is um, follows Cam Calloway. He gets... uh, you know, he and his family are from Boston and they come from, you know, a poor neighborhood. He gets a professional basketball contract and moves his entire entire family down with him to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So it's just the story of he and his family navigating the ups and downs of, you know, dealing with all the things that come along with a basketball contract. Not only the, the fame and the money and the glory, but also the new friends, mm-hmm. the old friends who feel like they are, you you know, you're beholden to them and family members that come out of the woodwork that you never knew existed and, and things like that. So it's it's a comedy. It's a half hour and it's on stars and it premieres October 4th. And your character, you are his sister. Correct? I play his sister, Mary Charles Calloway. Her name is, uh, they call her M. Chuck. She is a no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is, brass tacks, tough-as-nails lesbian who is unapologetic about who she is. And she stays the same, mm-hmm. which is the thing that I admire about her character from the projects to the high-rise, you know. And she... She is loyal to her family, very protective of her family, and especially her brother Cam loves him to death and would do anything for him and her family. Yeah, she sounds pretty badass. She kind of is. I want to be her. She kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of family, you have how many siblings? Three. Three siblings. Three siblings. Two brothers and a sister. Wow. So, what did you bring from your personal, you know, experiences growing up? What did you bring from that? to this role. What's very interesting about both Jesse, the guy who plays Cam Calloway, mm-hmm. and my character, Jesse has an older sister and I have two younger brothers. So I play his older sister. So the dynamic was already set. We already mm-hmm. knew what the roles were. And, you know, I reminded him of his real life older sister who I met and she's amazing. And he reminds me of a combination of my two little brothers. So we definitely brought our own personal experiences there and we were able to really connect really quickly because of that. I think also, um, I'm second in, in, you know, chronology in terms of like my brothers and sister, Mm -hmm. I have an older sister, two younger brothers, but I often feel like I'm the oldest. And Mm -hmm. so 
you know, having that that dynamic is very interesting because Reggie Vaughn, who plays our cousin and is played by Ron Rako Lee, he's older. But I, you know, I feel like this is my brother and I'm the older sister and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and I'm in charge. So I kind of bring that to it from my own experiences and, you know, just the family unit. My family is really close and, you know, this family on on screen is really close. Jesse's family is really close. So, mm-hmm. you know, his parents are always up there and it's it's really, really great. Wow. Yeah. And your family live, they still live in Florida or Georgia? Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. So how, how do they feel about you moving, like living out here or do you live in New York? Or I live, you, I live in Los Angeles and New York. New York coastal okay. And we actually shoot Survivor's Remorse in Atlanta. Okay. So they're wow. thrilled. Oh. So, they're yes. like, yes, please keep doing the show. We want the show <laughs> to go for two, many, three, many, many, four, many, many, many seasons. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that we can, you know, I get to see them like a few months out of the year. I mean, of course, when I'm there, I'm, I'm working and that's the top priority and I've got a, I've, I've generally got a pretty full schedule, mm-hmm. but to know that I'm close and to know that they can drive up to set and see me and hug me and kiss me, that's, that's enough for them. But they're happy for me. I think their thing is for me to be happy and they see that I am. They see that I'm not only thriving in terms of getting work and making money, but I'm happy like here in my heart, you know, like this is what I know that I'm supposed to be doing. So it makes them happy. Well, we want to get you know talk a little bit about that journey and the happiness and how you reached that place yeah. uh, of being a happy entertainer and not a doctor. So right. you were originally going to go to med school, be yeah. a doctor. You went to Emory University, mm-hmm. and after a trip to Japan, all of that changed. So can you? It all changed. Tell us about that. Um, I went overseas and I was going to teach English, and I ended up falling into this background singing gig when I met a guy at the orientation for all the English mm-hmm. teachers. Um, because they had messed up my contract. I was complaining about my contract to him. And in the midst of my complaining, he stopped me and he said that I had a, a melodic voice and it sounded like I sang. And so he ended up introducing me to his band that night. And they were backing this famous Japanese singer who was putting on a concert. So I ended up getting that job from them. And then I ended up getting like other jobs through doing that job. So, you know, one of the other background singers said, hey, you know, you, I, I really like your work ethic. You've been showing up on time. You've been on top of it. You've been learning your music. Why don't you call these agents? And then I can, you know, tell them that you tell them that I recommended you and then they'll get you other work. Someone saw me at the concert and then you know, told me that I should model. I, I met with a, a, the head of the modeling team, the head of a very, very prominent modeling mm-hmm. team over there. And we ended up modeling in Japan and Korea and India and New York. And um, during one of our shows, because we would do shows for the royal family every other month, you know, these huge buff guys came into the restaurant where all the models were eating and they were fighters and they came to our table and they say, hey, you girls want to go to a fight? And all the girls are like, no. I was like, I'll go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I ended up recognizing the ringside announcer's voice. Turned out she was one of my friends at the after party. She said, hey, they're looking for a ringside announcer for K1 Kickboxing. So it's been all these really crazy stories. And I always tell people I've got the... I've got this Forrest Gump-like experience. Mm-hmm. My journey is very much so that. It's just about saying yes being open and being available and not worrying about what the outcome is going to be like living in the moment and the space that you're given and doing your best in that. And someone's going to see you and then the universe is going to step in 
and move you in the right direction. Is that always a mindset that you've had or is that something that you've kind of developed retrospectively to look back and say, wow, I shouldn't have been worrying when I was worrying or did you, were you never really a worrier? No, I was definitely a worrier. Mm-hmm. Most definitely a worrier. And I think you're right. I mean, in some aspects it was, it was, you know, looking back, I realized I shouldn't have worried, but I also realized that that was the journey mm-hmm. because that's, you know, I, I learned the lesson through stumbling and falling and worrying and, you know, and had it not been for me worrying and then something coming through, I wouldn't understand that these feelings that I might have now, and, and, and it'll always be something different. Like, you know, at, at, when I was first starting out, it was like, okay, how am I going to pay my bills? Mm-hmm. You know, and then when that sort of slowly stopped being a problem, then it was, well, how am I going to get the jobs that I want? And then when that slowly stopped being a problem, it's like, okay, I want to work more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I, I it's like, the money issues were sort of a the the blanket theme for those where don't worry it's going to come through and then i thought okay well if that's going to come through then this will certainly come mm-hmm. through and if that came through this will certainly come through so it's been it's been a bit of both i've been learning it as i've gone along and then i can kind of look back over the over the whole picture and say silly girl you know yeah. you didn't have to worry about stuff like that and what about your parents how did they feel when you kind of made the decision to pursue entertainment versus this well when they finally found out they were very happy for me and they were very (laughs) happy for me because i had already i'd already made money Mm -hmm. and i had already you know I, i had a regular um sort of program going you know like i was working constantly and you can't argue with success you know you can have all the skepticism and doubt that you want until someone proves it. So they didn't know until I proved it. Proved it. Yeah. So and, they were happy. And in the meantime, they just thought you were in Japan. Teaching English. Teaching. You know. <laughs> they were like, they were all right. They were sending That year's about to wrap up. I'm like, yeah, about that year. Let's talk. You know. Mm-hmm. And but they're, they, and of course, then it's, you know, I, you know, I always knew you had talent. Uh-huh. I always. <laughs> girl, you are funny. You should have been doing this the whole time. It's like, mm-hmm. oh. I told you. Right. Exactly. I, I saw it that. as a, from a little girl. <laughs> from a little girl, I saw it. Okay. Yeah. No, but they're super supportive and, and definitely, you know, um, they, yeah, they're 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 super supportive. They're proud. Yeah, and proud, and, and, and rightfully so. Very proud. Yes. <laughs> do you still keep in touch with any of those friends that you made when you were first in Japan? You know, I do. They reach out to me and Facebook. Oh, oh thank God for Facebook. So, yeah, and I mean social media in general. Mm-hmm. Like it really, really helps because as an army brat, you know, I grew up an army brat. My father was in the military for the first twelve years of my life, and we, you know, was from the time I was nine months old. We moved every three years, and that just wasn't really something that my parents fostered. You know, like there were four of us. They were like, "Okay, we got to get these kids from point A to point B. We don't have time to like worry about you know you keeping up with Nancy and Betty and Sue, and you know you keeping up with Tim and Tom and Jerry. Mm-mm, we got to just get y'all here." So we we it wasn't fostered the whole idea of like keeping in touch and keeping friends. So for me, you know, I I had been sort of an out of sight, out of mind type of friend. Um, and it wasn't really until college or until we sort of really said, yeah, in mm-hmm. college that I started having friends that stuck around, even though I would go other places and, you know, it was more so them. So I'm grateful to them for teaching me how to be a better friend. And, um, yeah, 
I still keep in touch with the people in Japan. I still keep in touch with some of the people from high school and some of the people from elementary school. And it's it's really oh, nice. That's awesome. Any reunions yeah. coming up that you plan on going back to? Yeah, no. Um, I'm not a big I'm not a big reunion person, and I and I say that only because in you know like there there's mm-hmm. a total of one person that I keep in contact with from yeah. elementary school and just a handful of people. I went to two different high schools. Okay. So a handful of people combined that I keep in touch with from the two high schools. And the rest of the people I don't really, you know, we don't, we, we were never really very close. Yeah. I was a bit of a loner and, you know, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't really be going back to see how anyone's doing or, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't feel the need to go there. back and show them how I'm doing. <laughs> it's on your TV. They know. It's, you know, yeah. Google me. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, no. <laughs> I said it. You did. Yeah, right. So fine. Um, with all the places that you moved around when you were younger, what place do you consider home? Oh wow, um, Atlanta, Atlanta, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I wasn't born there. I was born in Tallahassee, Florida, but Atlanta is definitely home. It was. It's the first place I remember because mm-hmm. we moved out of Florida when I was nine months old, so I don't remember it at all. Um, Atlanta is, you know, where I went to kindergarten, and then. We moved back to Atlanta when my father got out of the military. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that's the place I went to high school and it's the place I went to college. That's the place that I go home to for Thanksgiving. So oh. Atlanta is definitely my home. But my favorite place that I've lived was Germany. Germany. I always said to myself when I was a little girl, you know, as soon as I get old enough, I'm going to buy a house here and I'm going to be able to come back to Germany. And I've since lived in Germany as an adult and I, I really, really like it. It's just enough of a of a of a foreign experience but it's not like you know France or mm-hmm. Italy where it's kind of like the popular place to go mm-hmm. so it's not so touristy but it's right in the middle so if you want a little bit of that you just kind of you, you know jet right over the, yeah hop on the train. train and get over there yeah do you ever see in your future living back overseas <clears throat> or not not permanently no i i i'm such an american i love love America. Although I do take two trips a year out of the country to mm-hmm. someplace I've never been. And that's my goal because I'd like to see the world. And I thought I can talk about it or I can do it. So I made this pact to myself about five years ago that I would just go somewhere out of the country twice every year. And I've and I've kept it to Yeah, myself. since then where where have you been? That's... I've been to Greece, I've been to Thailand, I've been to um, India. I've been to Africa. I've been to um, Switzerland, Austria, Germany. Um, wow. Fran- yeah, it's I've, awesome. it's been amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, what do do we know yet where we're going this year? Well, I took a trip to Mexico. Okay, that was one, Mexico. and it's funny because it's like right there, and I had never mm-hmm. really been. So, um, so I, that was one. I'm gonna actually going to go back there just for like a quick trip because it's yeah, so close it's right and there. it's so easy. And I'm like, oh wow, I can do this a lot. <laughs> um, what I'm gonna, where I'm gonna go for my sort of end of the year big trip, I'm not sure yet. But I'll tell you on my bucket list: there's Spain, there's Antarctica, and there's mm-hmm. Australia. Oh, Australia! Because yeah. I'd like to say that I've been to all seven continents, and Antarctica and Australia are the last two that I have to visit to like really, you know, say that. Um, 
or perhaps some island. I've actually never been to Jamaica. I think I might be the last person in the world who's never been to Jamaica. Oh, I haven't. Oh, okay. Thank yeah, you. Okay, so. good. But I mean, that's not saying much. I know. I've, I've never been to a lot of the places you just named. Gotcha. But gotcha. Yeah. But, but yes, yeah, so I, I might... have in Australia though, and it's awesome. Really? It's amazing. Yes. <sighs> I've heard that. And I have friends in Australia. Mm-hmm. And so, New Zealand. When you go, you can kind of do both of them. Cause they're yeah. Kind of like super close, awesome. right? Yeah. So yeah. Well, we'll have to keep 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 us updated on where you end up going. I will. So we can live vicariously through you. I will. I'll make sure I tweet it and Instagram <laughs> it and all that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit now about um, another show that you're on, mm-hmm. uh, Real Husbands of Hollywood, yes. uh, with Kevin Hart. Uh, you started that in 2013. Uh, you star as Bridget Hart. Yeah. Do people ever come up to you and think that you're actually Kevin Hart's ex-wife? Not as much anymore. But yeah. when I first started, they, it, I got it left and right. And even from people who knew me. Uh-huh. And I'd say, but you know me. <laughs> like, what? Really? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, you've, we, we, we've been friends. Um, I, I, and and it, it makes sense because every other wife is a real wife. You know, mm-hmm. Tisha Campbell really is married to Dwayne Martin. Yeah. Nicole Ari Parker really is married to Boris Kojo. And, like, it, it, I'm the only fake wife on the show. So, you know, it kind of throws people for a loop. But um, I think the fact that he wanted me to provide the kind of comic relief that I provide, mm-hmm. I think he would have felt uncomfortable asking for, for Tori to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know that she would have been open to doing it, you know. Um, I met her and she's, she's so sweet and she, is. she really, she was really, she was really warm to me when I met her. And I mean, I sort of came like <laughs> waving the white flag, like, hey, I don't know how you're going to react to me, but I just want you to let you know, yeah. like, I created this character in my mind as what I just thought would be a funny, funny, you know, ex-wife baby mama mm-hmm. type of situation and it has nothing to do with you but she was so cool she's like girl i'm not even worried about it i don't even yeah i was like okay well thanks yeah and we just kind of talked from there well yeah she's yeah. definitely a sweetheart yeah so it's great that i she like her because i mean it's a lot of people i feel like they when they see someone on a fictional show mm-hmm. they like take it too much at face value and it's like wait there's writers behind this character right. like this is a production right i didn't think me. of this on like, my own yeah. yeah and i mean you know and 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 there are certain cases now that i know her you mm-hmm. know um where i'll i will kind of like step in and say i don't know that i want to say this like mm-hmm. can we maybe fix these words or change certain things around here because i don't want to i don't even want it to appear that I'm attacking her, you know, in some, in some ways you, you can't get around it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the storylines are going to be what the storylines are and you just kind of have to go with the flow. And, you know, my only hope is that like, from what I said and from the one conversation that she and I have had, that she would always know that it's like, so not about her, Mm -hmm. you know, at all. It's just this funny character doing this funny thing and, and you you doing your job and me doing my job. Yeah. Um, do you you watch her reality show, correct? I do. I do. Yeah. I I I I love that she is um paving her own path mm-hmm. and I love the reasons that she stated it. You know, she wanted to show her daughter that, you know, a woman doesn't have to depend on a man and she's, you know, she can make her own money and achieve her own success like all by the sweat of her own brow and 
I think that that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Lesson, yes. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Uh, now I'm stirring the pot a little bit, but okay. when Kevin proposed to his now fiance, everyone was like, "Oh, why did he do that?" Like on the night of her show. I know. Like, you know, I've heard I've heard mixed stories about it. I, 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 I so wish that I knew the inside scoop, but I don't. I do know though that you know well, it was and, her actual birthday. It was. It, it was, was the Nico's it birthday. Was, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I don't know that that. that I don't know that it could have been avoided mm-hmm. only because, you know, guys, I won't say that they're like so creative that they can't think of like, okay, well, either on her birthday, anniversary, or a holiday. You know what I mean? So like what <laughs> was coming up next? So it's like, yeah, it's like, I gotta, I gotta do this on a day that's gonna be like really special mm-hmm. to her. So, you know, he could have planned that a year in advance. I'm gonna do it on her birthday or even six months in advance. And then you don't know when a show is coming out until maybe a couple of months before mm-hmm. if that and sometimes it changes you know like i had we had um a certain set date that we thought that real husbands was going to come out and that date was changed mm-hmm. so those things are sifted around sometimes and i think it, i honestly think that it's just one of those really horrible coincidences you know yeah. what i mean cuz you know it it shouldn't it shouldn't be that Eniko had her day affected by the airing of Tori's show and it shouldn't be that Tori had her day mm-hmm. her debut affected by the engagement of her ex to to, yeah. to Nico. do you know what I mean like that I've met them both and they're both really lovely beautiful women and from what I've also heard they you know they found they found their their peace with each mm-hmm. other and they actually are able to be amicable towards one another. You know, I'm not in their house, so I can't say for sure, but that's what I've heard. And I hope that that's the truth because I think it's, that's also another, you know, wonderful example to set for the children. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, we can rise above what people expect to happen in a situation like this, which is something dramatic and, and at times volatile, you know, we can actually coexist and figure out a way to, um, to kind of maneuver this this new situation, mm-hmm. this new family that we now have, this modern family, this you know? modern family, yeah, exactly. Um, now the, I'm getting all up on your business, but are okay. you dating anyone? Or no, um, alas, I am single. Um, okay. It's very interesting. I get I get asked quite a bit why I'm single, and it's kind of like asking me why I'm black. I don't know. It just I just this is the way the cards uh-huh. fell. I just you know this hand that I was dealt. No, I. I do have interest, I won't lie, mm-hmm. you know, but I am very, very picky about who I'm attracted to, and there's no rhyme or reason. If mm-hmm. I lined up all of the guys that I've seriously dated, no two of them look alike or act alike or have the same vocation or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just... I'm attracted to who I'm attracted to. That's the best way that I can explain it. And I just haven't found it. And I think having such an amazing career has put me at a little bit of a disadvantage in terms of my social life. Mm-hmm. Because I was fortunate enough to find a career that I am in love with. And I'm in love with this career, Michelle, when I'm making a ton of money. I'm in love with this career when I'm making no money. I'm in love with this career when I'm having like the offers for my dream job I get my dream job I'm in love with this career when I've got to do the crap job Mm -hmm. just to make ends meet you know there's nothing else that I there's never been a day where I'm like all right, I'm gonna throw in the towel maybe I can just go and do 
X, Y, Z. I haven't found the man that can fit that same mm-hmm. bill. And because I know that it exists in this realm, it's like going back to those themes, those lessons in, in faith that mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier. Because I know it exists in this world, I'm convinced that it also can exist in this world. So I believe that there's a man out there who... If I'm mad at him and I want to break his neck, I won't because I won't want anybody else. And then I'll have like the broke neck dude. You know what I mean? (laughs) With the brace on on his neck. Or, you know, if we if we're doing really, really well financially, Mm -hmm. we're still like madly in love. Or if we're like struggling and eating beans out of a can with a shared spoon, we're still madly in love. If, you know, if he if he just gets on my last nerve, there's still nobody that I would rather be with but him. And so I'm waiting for that. Yeah. High expectations, but I'm very optimistic. No, I, yeah, I'm optimistic for you. Thank you. gotta you. wait for the, like, yeah. Katy Perry has a song that I really like, Not Like the Movies. And it's a song about how, like, if it's not like the movies, that's how it should be. Like, it should just be like right. this fairy tale. And, you know. I feel like if people can conceive of something, it can happen. It can happen. And I've conceived of a certain level of success and happiness and... I'm well on my way in the success mm-hmm. category. I feel like I'm definitely, definitely getting there in terms of my personal spiritual happiness. Why can't I have that in my relationship? Yeah, you, you know? definitely can. Yeah. And especially with the, you know, you speak it into the atmosphere and positive exactly. words, you exactly. know, bring positive things. So uh, you mentioned their dream job, like dream gig. What what would that be for you? Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like this contract, with Survivor's Remorse Mm -hmm. is the contract I've been chasing my whole career in terms of television. I think my dream career situation would be to have, you know, these wonderful TV shows, The Real Husband and Survivor's Remorse, and then in between them do feature films, Mm -hmm. you know. I think I'm a... I have to watch my words here. I think I'm a butt kicker. Like, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I could see myself doing an action film Ooh, yes. where I fight. I'm very athletic and I love getting physical. So I can see myself being some sort of spy who, like, kicks butt. Yeah, I can see You that. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you can say ass. By the I way. Can, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I feel yeah. like I'm an ass kicker. Yes. So let me just take that back. <laughs> I feel like I'm an ass kicker and I want to be this, like, kick-ass, like, spy character who just goes out gets the information and does a one-two punch. Not like that. Like more, you know, <laughs> You're gonna get the more skilled. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, speaking of like projects, also something I want to talk a little bit about before our time is up is Girl co- Sister Code. Sister Girl Code. Code. That's yeah. something else on MTV. <laughs> Sister Code. Sister Code. Um, so you're involved in that project. That's a series, correct? Or no, is that a film? It's, it's an independent film. Okay, independent film. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit? Because that's with Eva and Amber yep. Rose. Amber Rose and Eva Marcel. Marcel. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eva Marcel and I, we met on season two of Real Rose. Husbands. And um, she actually recommended me for the job. She's, they were looking for someone to play the wife of Little Danger, and um, <laughs> she had to be she had to be someone who was, uh, you know, take no prisoners, you know, sassy, uh, and very funny. And uh, I'm told that Eva was like, call Erica. <laughs> she she can she can definitely fit mm-hmm. the bill for that. And. And I did, and it was it was a lot of fun. You know, I I come in, and my role is 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 
I think just kind of the comic relief of the of the movie and I had a lot of fun doing it. Um it was really really cute working with Amber Rose. We ended up having to just take a shot cuz <laughs> she just kept laughing and she couldn't stop and she was just like, "I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do." So we just kind of we drank our way through that. But wow. it was great. Did you hear that Amber filed for divorce this morning from Wiz? You I didn't did hear that? Not. Oh, yeah. oh, I not to be the bearer them. of bad news. Yeah, oh, that was all no. the talk this morning on that. Really? Yeah, I loved them. So did I. I just thought that they were going to go the distance. Didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen their little interviews where they're so lovey dovey and yeah. happy. Oh, and I, I really wanted them to be married longer than Kim and Kanye, just because I wanted her to kind of like, yeah, you know, kick exactly, Kanye's yeah, ass in that way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't mean to. Well, but but haven't they been? I mean, like Kim and Kanye just got married. They've been together, yeah. but they just got married. They just got married. How long were Wiz and um, Amber? Um, they got married last July, I think, or last really? June or July. So a little over a year. It I didn't realize that, that it was as yeah. I thought it was much longer than mm-hmm. that. I mean, I know that they've you know been together and very much in love for for longer than that. So I guess in my mind, I I married them off long before they actually got mm-hmm. married. That's so unfortunate. That is. I think it's crazy because you know when when people start putting labels on things in general, I sometimes think that 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 kind of befuddles the purity of mm-hmm. whatever it is that you have. And I'm not an advocate for, you know, people not getting married you know, and having, I, married. I have to say this, I have, I have two preacher parents, both my mom and my dad. So I have to say, get married before you have a kid, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I feel like sometimes that completely screws up things because it gives you this sort of tacit burden of, living up to some you know standard that society Uh has that goes along with these titles you know when people are together and they're dating they're both in it because they want to be there you know Uh i'm dating him because i really think that he's great and he's awesome and i want to do things for him and he's dating me because he thinks i'm beautiful and awesome and he wants to do things for me he wants to impress me and that magic is there but then it's almost like you're doing that and you're doing that until you get them. Mm-hmm. And then once they're your girlfriend or once they're your boyfriend, it's like all that stuff that you do to like show the person how special they are and how much they mean to you. All that stuff, you it goes away because you feel like, oh, I don't have to work anymore because we've got this title now. Yeah. And then you break up or that's sort of like the one hurdle that you've like, you've jumped mm-hmm. Then you got to get to the big hurdles. Like, okay, so I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep impressing this person, mm-hmm. keep impressing the, op- the other person because I want them to marry me. And that's the ultimate goal. So, okay, we got the love and the romance mm-hmm. and all that stuff is still happening. And I'm, you know, telling him how much I appreciate him every day and he's doing the same. And then when you're married, it's like, oh, well, there's nothing else to work for. But I feel like when there are no titles, when you don't have that, that, I guess, safety net. Mm-hmm. You're always working to please the other person. Now, if you can be a girlfriend, boyfriend, or if you can be a husband and wife and still keep that mentality, mm-hmm. understanding that it could all go away, I think that people will work harder to to make their relationships work and stay in them. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense 100%. Yeah. But it's also kind of disheartening, too. Cause, it cause is. it is. It's how it goes. Yeah. And especially, like, in entertainment, I feel like then there's the added pressure of... Society. Yeah. Society. And I think that, you know, not to say that I lied before, because I didn't. I really am not seeing anybody. But I think that at the point that I do start seeing someone, you know, I keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of a lot of actors do that and people don't realize they are married and no one knows. And I think that that's really smart because then the world starts putting expectations on your relationship. Mm-hmm. And then despite yourself, you eventually start to feel you start to get caught up in that and you start to feel like, oh, maybe I should do this or maybe he does feel this way. Or maybe, you know, that time he told me he was going to lunch with one of his, you know, mm-hmm. uh, co- co-stars they, there was more to it because, uh, you know, the, the paparazzi person, oh. you know, saw his hand brush her hand, but they happened to get that shot. So it looked like they were holding hands and he's thinking there's nothing wrong. And meanwhile, she's like, uh-huh, she's tripping. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know. Wow. I'd say keep it private. Yeah. You know. So would you date someone in the entertainment industry? Or are you kind of against that or just depends on? I, you know, okay. I, I, I'm not opposed to dating someone in the entertainment industry, although... I would prefer to date someone behind the camera because we actors, we have egos, mm-hmm. you know, and my rule is one star per relationship and I got dibs. <laughs> I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always, I mean, it, it doesn't happen often, but I would say more times than not when you have two actors who are dating each other, one person generally takes kind of a back seat to mm-hmm. the other, you know, because it's, 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 it's a huge ego to feed. It really, really is. And it's, it's not always easy. Yeah. You know, but some make it work. I mean, you know, um, Tom Hanks, he and his wife, they make it work. Samuel L. Jackson, he and his wife have been together um, for forever and they make it work. You know, like there, there are lots of examples. Denzel Washington, lots of examples of how it can work. And, you know, Terry Crews, yeah. he and his wife, mm-hmm. you know, they make it work. Yeah, Will and Jada. Will and yeah. Jada, they make it work, you know. Wow. One star per relationship for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's any single guys this out there girl. watching this um, that are not in the entertainment industry. <laughs> and who are c- cute and have your own situation. Not a sugar mama. This girl. No. No. Not going to do it. <laughs> I ain't going to do it. <laughs> um, so you are very fit uh, in shape. And you actually adhere to a 50% raw vegan and make your own almond milk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm reading yeah. that off the sheet here. Yeah. Wow. What inspired um, you to become so healthy? Well, you know, just over the years, I I've noticed you know changes in my health, and I've felt that um, my first of all, like just growing up, my mother mm-hmm. was like you know square meal Sally. Like she just it, there were always vegetables on the plate. There was like always the, something the, green. The she had that food pyramid down. <laughs> I mean, you know, and we had our dinners as a family, mm. you know, everyone sat at the table, mom, dad, brother, sister. And um so I had I had it set from the beginning, but I think I took it a step further because I started realizing connecting with my body um and realizing how good I felt when I ate certain things and how horrible I felt Mm. when I ate certain things you know um, like flowers and sugars and things like that Um, because we were also you know heavily in the church my dad was a preacher when I was growing up Mm -hmm. and there was always some sort of potluck 
cakes. And everybody would out cobbler each other or out cake each other or out, you know, cornbread each other. <laughs> it was always, you know, when you when you have like those church events, there's always the sweets are the heaviest things. And mm-hmm. you have your fried chicken, you know what I mean? Or, you know, a few mac and, and cheese some, dishes, uh, several mac and cheese <laughs> dishes. And then, you know, even the greens are like these like overcooked, no nutrient collard greens. You know what I mean? But. So amazingly delicious, yes. you know, but you don't, you don't, you don't cook them for the nutrients and the vitamins. You cook them to get that good, that good seasoning all soaked up in mm-hmm. there. So I would see how I felt after that and I would just go straight to sleep. And I thought, why am I always like sleeping after I eat you know, on Sundays? <laughs> and yeah, I got that itis. So I just kind of started experimenting. And then when I realized, wow, I feel the best when I eat raw, like fruits and vegetables and I eat vegan so i actually tried 100 percent raw vegan for a while um and the reason why i'm not 100 percent raw vegan is because for me that's not the way the world works you know that you know i go out to dinners Mm -hmm. and i just don't like being that person that has all the food restrictions Okay, we can't go to this restaurant because Erica can't eat anything. And we can't do this because Erica's got to have this, 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 this. You know, bringing your own meals to the restaurant. You know what I mean? Little baggies in your purse. Like, I've got my own sweet. You know, I don't like to put so much into any one thing. You know, I'm not a cult follower of any one movement or another. But I just kind of do what my body tells me is the right thing to do. And for me, what's right is to get something in there that's raw vegan. So generally, like, I'll eat... a salad every day and have a smoothie every day. So that'll be like my breakfast and lunch. And then I'll have like a nice, like, you know, hearty meal of some sort, Mm -hmm. either for lunch or for dinner. And it's nice. I mean, it's, it's the way that I feel the best. So that's what I do. Is it ever hard for you with your busy schedule and with acting and everything to kind of maintain that? No, as a matter of fact, it makes it a lot easier because, you know, on the go having that smoothie, it takes about three minutes to make. I can take it in my car and I'm having my breakfast breakfast on the way to mm-hmm. the set, you know. Um, salads, they're always easy to go grab from somewhere, you know, and, and, and they're a great go-to meal because any restaurant's going to have some sort of a salad, you know, mm-hmm. so you can always find it. So I don't, I, I never have any problems when I'm doing it this way, you know, and then I can have my meat when I want. So I eat everything. I just eat it all, you know, in moderation. Mm-hmm. Everything in moderation. Everything. Even moderation. There you go. And then Thanksgiving, it's balls it's to back the wind. to the church Ooh. to the church meals. That's but, that. But that's yes. that one time a year <laughs> that I've got to give in to the church picnic. I go ham, literally. Literally, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, what is next? You've already talked about a lot of projects. The the projects you're working on, excuse me. But mm-hmm. what is next for? Erica Ash. What's next for me is I think a nice healthy career in feature films. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to do more of those. I want to, you know, I want to, I like to have my hand in several pots at once, always. And so, you know, I would be open to going back to Broadway for a limited run, Mm -hmm. um, you know, when the right show comes along. Definitely, um, action film. I'm open to that. So, uh, my, my team is keeping their feelers on alert for that. Um, definitely continuing with with the next installment of the real husbands of hollywood the next installment of survivors of morris and hopefully the next and the next and the next and the next and then you know seeing what that does in terms of um setting me up for for other other tv shows other feature films and and broadway shows
Alrighty. Well, um, where can your fans not only find you on social media, but also as far as the productions that you're involved in, if you could give us what time those air, Absolutely. what channel they're on, and what night of the week. Absolutely. If you forget anything that I'm about to say, make sure you remember <laughs> that yes. I am on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram because I will continuously keep you posted and let you know what's going on. And on Instagram, I'm at the real Erica Ash. T H E R E A L E R I C A A S H. On Twitter, I am at the Erica Ash. T H E E R I C A A S H. Survivors and Morris airs on October 4th on Stars. Check your local listings, but I'm pretty sure it's nine o'clock that it airs. Um, and then The Real Husbands of Hollywood airs 10 days later on the 14th. The 4th and the 14th. Remember that. And that's on BET. Um, and make sure you tune in to the BET Hip Hop Awards. You might see somebody you recognize presenting. Mm-hmm. And what about Sister Code? When When is that? Sister Code comes out in 2015. We haven't uh, set a release Lisa. date, but definitely keep your eyes and ears open for that in 2015. And I'll make sure that I post about that as well. All right, Erica. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for stopping oh. by Black Hollywood Live My and pleasure. talking to us. My Such a great interview. Thank All you. right. I'm your host, uh, Michelle Renee, for Black Hollywood Live's next. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Michelle Renee TV. And my guest for tonight, again, was Miss Erica Ash. So make sure you check out all the stuff she's involved in. And uh, in the meantime, we'll see you next week. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.